Mormon Discussions and its lineup of great podcasts is about helping Latter-day Saints like you tackle deeper, complex issues within Mormonism. All financial support goes directly towards keeping these podcasts alive and supporting listeners like you. To support the programs on this podcast, please consider becoming a premium subscriber or making a donation at mormondiscussions.org. Again, that's Mormon Discussions, plural with an S on the end, dot org. Donate today and support programs like Mormon Discussion, Radio Free Mormon, Mormon Awakenings, The Mormon Wellness Project, Mormon History Podcast, Marriage on a Tightrope, and others. If these programs benefit you, and you want to see these continue, please consider making an annual donation starting today. All donations are tax-exempt inside the United States and go towards keeping the podcast alive. One, two, three. Testing one, two, three. This is Radio Free Mormon on the air, broadcasting behind enemy lines. Tonight's episode Gaslighting by the Numbers. At the beginning of this episode, I need to define the terms that I'm using in this title Gaslighting by the Numbers. First, gaslighting is an expression that comes from first a play and then a somewhat famous movie starring Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer. The idea behind it is that Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer are married, and Charles Boyer, unbeknownst to Ingrid Bergman, is up to no good. You see, the reason he marries Ingrid Bergman is not because he loves her, it's because he is trying to find some jewels that are hidden somewhere in the house that they move into in London. And in the middle of the night, Charles Boyer is upstairs rummaging through the attic and searching to find these jewels. Although the film was released in 1944, it is set in an earlier time when there is no electricity. Instead, all lighting comes from gas. And while Charles Boyer is up in the attic looking for the jewels, he has to turn on the gas in order to have light to search for them, which causes the gas light in the bedroom downstairs where Ingrid Bergman is to dim. And Ingrid Bergman sees the lights in her bedroom dimming and she wonders why it's dimming and she asks her husband about it. Her husband doesn't want her to know he's upstairs looking for the jewels, so he starts telling her, the lights are not dimming, it must be your imagination. And then there are other things that go on in the house, like footsteps in the hall and different things like that that Ingrid Bergman is noticing, and her husband keeps telling her that what she's seeing with her own eyes is not really happening, with the result that Ingrid Bergman ends up beginning to doubt her own sanity, because she believes that her husband must be telling the truth and therefore she must be wrong about what it is that she sees with her own eyes and hears with her own ears. So the term gaslighting actually comes from the movie Gaslight and it has been made into a verb gaslighting to describe the actions of one person who is lying to another person telling them that what they have observed and what they have seen themselves is not really the case. In fact the reality is something different with the result that sometimes that person ends up beginning to doubt their own sanity and their own ability to perceive things as reality. So that's the gaslighting part of the title. Now gaslighting by the numbers. What do I mean by numbers? I mean the rate of growth of membership of the LDS church. Those are the numbers 
that I'm talking about. You will recall that back in March of this year, 2018, I did a three-part episode dealing with this issue. It was called Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics. Part one dealt with the fact that historically and during the last several generations, the church has experienced phenomenal growth. When I joined the church back in 78, it was going great guns. It continued up into the 80s and the 90s and even into the 21st century. During that time, it was very common to hear general authorities in general conference talk about the growth of the church and the fantastic growth rate of the church was declared to be a fulfillment of prophecy. Most commonly, the prophecy in Daniel chapter 2 of the stone cut out of the mountain without hands that would break in pieces all the kingdoms of the earth and would roll forward and fill the whole earth. This kingdom was specifically identified by church leaders as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And in this way, the phenomenal growth of the LDS Church became a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy and therefore became a sign that the church was true. Every general conference, members would gather around the radio, gather around the TV screen, go to their ward chapels, even make the trip to Salt Lake City and wait with bated breath for that time in general conference when the statistical report would be read and we would find out how much more growth the church had experienced in the preceding six months. How much more was the church growing? How much more true was the church proving itself to be as a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy? It was not only Old Testament prophecy that was being fulfilled. Frequently, other prophecies were brought in, most notably one by Joseph Smith from Kirtland, Ohio, when he said that the priesthood of the church could be contained in this 14 by 14 room in which they were all assembled but that the people assembled there had no idea about the future of the church. They didn't know anything more about it than a baby on its mother's knee, that this church would grow until it filled North and South America. In fact, it would fill the world. Now, as I noted in part one of that podcast, which was titled Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics, we talked about the fact that there is no contemporary source for Joseph Smith having made that utterance in the 1830s, but rather it is from a recollection of Wilford Woodruff from about 50 to 60 years later. And it may indeed be an instance of a backdated prophecy, but that does not stop modern leaders of the church from citing to that as a fulfilled prophecy of Joseph Smith when the church was booming. But what happened was that in the past 10 years, the church's growth has dropped off markedly. In fact, it is barely growing at all anymore, and the growth that it is experiencing may be accounted for simply by the birth rates among the members of the Latter-day Saints. Now, we talked about that in part two of Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics, and we talked about all the different programs that the church had instituted in the past 10 years that are directed specifically at trying to keep people from leaving the church because that's the other problem that the church is having in the last decade. Not only are fewer and fewer people joining the church, but more and more people are leaving the church. And then in part three of Lies, Damn Lies and Statistics, we talked about how the church is responding to this. And we gave examples of 
general authorities, and most famously Elder Holland, going before a group of people in Dallas, Texas, and claiming that the church is today growing more and quicker than it has ever grown in the history of the world since Adam and Eve walked out of the Garden of Eden, was his phrase that the church growth is the biggest problem they have. He went on to claim that there is so much growth that they are creating double-digit stakes every week, every week of the year, every year of our lives. And we went and looked at the statistics that are provided even on the LDS Church website to show that that was demonstrably incorrect. That it appeared that Elder Holland was pulling this information out of his Blarney Stone. We also looked at Elder Cook in, I believe it was 2015 General Conference, when he claimed that the reports of people leaving the church in record numbers is absolutely wrong, that the church is strong, it's stronger than it's ever been. And at the end of it, we asked the question, what is the church going to do when these protestations that the church continues to grow and people are not leaving it, which is demonstrably in contradiction to the facts, when those false claims end up being something that cannot be perpetuated any further. And at the end of part three, we looked at a recent statement by President Eyring in January of 2018 during the press conference when Russell M. Nelson was being announced as the new president of the LDS Church, and President Eyring seemed to shift the definition of growth. Instead of being growth in numbers, it was now going to be growth in faith in the members' hearts. That was the growth that was going to be important, and that was the growth that he said would continue from there. I then left it as an open question as to whether we would continue to see this kind of redefinition of growth in the church. Now, all three of these episodes of Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics were published in March of 2018. So imagine my surprise when the very next month in General Conference, Elder Quentin L. Cook got up and stated to the entire church the exact opposite of what had been stated for generations and generations in the church, that the growth of the church was phenomenal, it would continue until it filled the whole earth. Instead, Elder Cook said that the church was small and the numbers of the church were small and that that was actually a sign of its truth and that that fulfilled a prophecy contained in the Book of Mormon given by Nephi. Here is what Elder Cook said. General Conference, April 2018. Play the tape. First, with respect to Moses' restoration of the keys for the gathering of Israel, today almost 70,000 missionaries are spread across the earth, preaching his gospel to gather his elect. This is the commencement of the fulfillment of the great and marvelous work Nephi foresaw among both the Gentiles and the house of Israel. Nephi saw our time when the saints of God would be upon all the face of the earth, but their numbers would be small because of wickedness. However, he foresaw that they would be armed with righteousness and with the power of God in great glory. When viewed across the brief history of the restored church, the missionary effort has been most remarkable. We are seeing the fulfillment of Nephi's vision. Though our numbers are relatively few, we will continue our effort and outreach to those who will respond to the Savior's message. So according to Elder Cook, 
Now it is not the phenomenal growth of the church that proves that it's true. Now it is not the church that will fulfill Daniel's prophecy of rolling forward and increasing in membership and numbers until it fills the whole earth that proves it's true. Now it is the fact that the church is small and is only a small number in the earth that proves it's true. I was astonished by the gaslighting that was going on by Elder Cook because notice he doesn't make any reference to the fact that for generations church leaders including presidents of the church have taught repeatedly that the church will grow until it fills the whole earth. No he makes no reference to that. Instead he just comes out with this new thing and I guess hopes that nobody will notice that the gas lights are dimming and that he's changed the entire proposition to something that is 180 degrees different than what has been taught for generations. Now it is not the growth of the church that proves the church is true. Now it is the lack of growth of the church that proves the church is true. Something else unusual happened in the April 2018 General Conference, which I think is related. As I mentioned to you before, every General Conference there has been an announcement of church statistics that have to do with church growth. How many new members have been baptized? How many children have been baptized? How many new stakes have been created? How many missionaries are out in the field? And that the members of the church, including myself for 40 years, would gather expectantly to hear what the news was, how much more the church was growing, how much more this proved that the church was true and a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Well, for the first time since I can remember, that report of church growth in statistics was not made. In fact, Elder Oaks got up and instead of announcing what the church statistics were, April 2018 General Conference for the first time in my memory, he announced that they were going to discontinue the presentation of church statistics. Here's what he said. Play the tape. We note that the statistical report, which has traditionally been presented during this session of April General Conference, will now be published on LDS.org immediately following this meeting and will be included in the conference issue of the church magazines. So how strange is it that now that the church has been growing and growing and growing, and that has been proclaimed as a sign of its truth, and in the last 10 years, it's been shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. At least the growth rate certainly has, and probably the overall membership has as well. When you include the shrinking growth rate with the increasing number of people leaving the church, how strange is it that Elder Cook in the same general conference suddenly does a gaslighting turnabout of saying it is the lack of growth of the church that proves it's true. And in the same general conference for the first time in my living memory, the presentation of the statistics for the church is discontinued at general conference. Is that just a coincidence? I don't think so. And on top of that, some other interesting things were going on behind the scenes. One of those things had to do with a website called ldschurchtemples.org. Now, this is a website. It's not run by the church, but it's run by a member of the church. Uh, for all I can tell, it is a faithful member of the church who just happens to have a real mind for statistics and a real love for statistics. And this person keeps track of statistics related to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And even though the church, when it announces its statistics, or at least when it used to announce its statistics, 
would not talk, of course, about the number of people who have left the church. It would try and present the statistics in a positive way. Nevertheless, if you took the statistics that the church did present and run it through statistical analysis like this guy did at ldschurchtemples.org, you could find out that, in fact, the church is losing membership. The church is not growing. The church growth is stalling to where it's at the point of about 1% or 2% now, and that's according to the church's own statistics back when they used to give them in general conference. So here's how they do it. As I mentioned back in Lies, Damn Lies, and Statistics, there is apparently a movement afoot that's been afoot in the church for a number of years to, number one, reduce the number of members in every ward, and number two, reduce the wards required in order to constitute a stake of the church, with the result that the number of stakes can be artificially increased as a sign of growth when actually the membership is not growing at the rate that the stakes are growing. In order to find this out, one has to know what are the number of church units, what are the number of wards and stakes that are being created in the church. And when you take that and compare it with the membership numbers, then you can start coming to some revealing results, results that apparently the church does not want us to come to. Now let's go back to that website that I talked to you about, the statistical website called ldschurchtemples.org. Well, sometime around April of 2018, this website, ldschurchtemples.org, posted an announcement because it had received a letter from Curtin McConkie, the legal office for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And what Curtin McConkie requested was that this website remove all of its church unit statistical information. Here's what was posted at the website. I can't tell you exactly when it was posted at the website, but it was around April of 2018. Quote, all church unit statistical information has been removed at the request of the church legal department, period, end of quote. Now, why is it that the church legal department decided to write a letter to an otherwise faithful website manager who just deals in church statistics and asking them to remove the church unit statistical information? Well, suspicious minds might think that it's because the church unit statistical information is the key piece of information that is used at this website in order to calculate the fact the church is no longer growing like Elder Holland claimed it was a couple of years ago or like Elder Cook claimed it was a few years ago, but is actually stalling in its growth. So that was an interesting thing that happened back in April of 2018. It seems that the church does not want the information available, even on a private website, to members of the church to contradict its claims of growth. And as we've seen as of 2018, those claims are now beginning to be reversed with little to no reference to what has gone on for generations before. And this is part of the insidiousness of what it is that the church does with these gaslighting techniques. Now, this is not the only example. There are many, many examples of gaslighting in the church, but this is an example that is gigantic in proportions and an example that is taking place in front of our very eyes. But as I say, part of the insidiousness 
is that there is no reference to the fact that, oh, well, for decades we've talked about church growth and how important it was, but now the church is starting to not grow as much. We're seeing a lot of members leave the church, and therefore we're going to start focusing on a different prophecy. No, there is simply no mention whatsoever of what's been going on for decades. A sudden shift is introduced slowly but surely into the church narrative, as we've seen Elder Cook do, and all the members like myself, who have lived through decades of hearing church leader after church leader talk about church growth being the sign of the fulfillment of biblical prophecy, are left to question their own sanity. Did we really, really live through that? Or has it always been the way that Elder Cook now is putting forth that it's the smallness and the lack of growth of the church that proves it's true, citing to Nephi in the Book of Mormon instead of Daniel in the Old Testament? Now, as I said before, I think this is one of the biggest examples of gaslighting in the history of the LDS Church, and it is playing out before our eyes. And I thought, how can I dramatize this for the audience who perhaps did not live through 40 years of general conference and hearing these statements over and over and over again from the leaders of the church about the church growth and how it proves the church is true in the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. So what I did was I went back and I did some research. On the church website at lds.org, it has church conference, video, and audio, but it only goes back to 1971. Still, that's almost 50 years ago. And I went back, did some research, and what I came up with was 12 illustrative examples of general authorities giving the same message over and over again. It goes all the way back to 1971, beginning with Theodore M. Burton, a member of the 70. And what I will do is play the tape from the General Authority and then juxtapose it with a snippet from Elder Cook. And in that way, I hope to dramatize for the audience the significance, the giganticness, the enormousness of this gaslighting that is going on in front of our very eyes. Play the tape. This is Theodore M. Burton, from 1971, General Conference of the LDS Church. Remember that the mountain or kingdom of the Lord had to be established in the top of the mountains. It had to be in mountains exalted above the hills. There the saints were to gather instructions and strength. And the gospel or stone of Jesus Christ was to roll forth from there to fill the whole earth. This prophecy has been and is even now being fulfilled as thousands of missionaries go forth from this gathering place to proclaim the divine message that God lives and has spoken again from the heavens. Where else can you find such literal fulfillment of these two divine prophecies? Now, Elder Cook from 2018. Nephi saw our time when the saints of God would be upon all the face of the earth but their numbers would be small because of wickedness. Next we have, from 1972, LeGrand Richards, one of the Twelve Apostles. In this audio, you will hear Apostle LeGrand Richards refer to President Smith, who is President Joseph Fielding Smith, the president of the church back in 1972. Play the tape. And in President Smith's opening address, he said, The Lord's work shall triumph. No power on earth can prevent the spread of truth and the preaching of the gospel in every nation. And then in the priesthood meeting last night, he added, 
the gospel shall roll forth until it shall fill the whole earth. And once again, Elder Cook from 2018. We are seeing the fulfillment of Nephi's vision. Though our numbers are relatively few. Next, we go to 1976, President Spencer W. Kimball speaking in general conference on the subject. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, restored in 1830, after the numerous revelations from divine source, and this kingdom set up by the God of heaven would never be destroyed nor superseded, and the stone cut out of the mountain without hands would become a great mountain and would fill the earth. Compare President Kimball from 1976 with Elder Cook from 2018. Nepha saw our time when the saints of God would be upon all the face of the earth, but their numbers would be small because of wickedness. Next up, we have none other than Elder Bruce R. McConkie from 1980 General Conference. Play the tape. We see the little stone cut from the mountain without hands, beginning to roll forth toward that coming day when it shall smite the Babylonian image, break in pieces the kingdoms of men, and fill the whole earth. Elder Cook from 2018. Though our numbers are relatively few, Batting next in the lineup, once again, Elder LeGrand Richards of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. We played a clip from him from 1972. Eight years later, 1980, he is addressing the same theme. Play the tape. Daniel said, There is a God in heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, that maketh known thy dream and the interpretation thereof. Then he told him about the rise and fall of the kingdoms of this world until the latter days when the God of heaven would set up a kingdom that should never be destroyed or given to another person, but like a little stone cut out of the mountains without hands it would roll forth until it should become as a great mountain and fill the whole earth. That establishment of that kingdom was possible in these latter days, and he said in the latter days, through the coming of Peter, James, and John with the holy apostleship and the power to organize the kingdom of God in the earth again. That was then. This is now. Nephi saw our time when the saints of God would be upon all the face of the earth, but their numbers would be small because of wickedness. On deck is President Ezra Taft Benson from General Conference in 1988. Play the tape. It is time for the unbeliever to learn for himself that this work is true, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the kingdom which Daniel prophesied God would set up on the latter day, never to be destroyed, a stone that would eventually fill the whole earth. Once again, these statements from prior church leaders, including church presidents, were made at a time when the church was experiencing unprecedented growth. But now that the church growth is stagnating and perhaps the church numbers are even shrinking, 
We have this from Elder Cook in 2018. Nepha saw our time when the saints of God would be upon all the face of the earth, but their numbers would be small because of wickedness. We have listened to audio clips from three general authorities in the 1970s, Theodore Burton, LeGrand Richards, and President Kimball, three more in the 1980s, Bruce R. McConkie, LeGrand Richards again, and Ezra Taft Benson. Now we go into the 1990s with M. Russell Ballard speaking in general conference in the year 1990. Here is what he has to say on the subject. Brothers and sisters, I suppose you are as amazed as I am with the monumental world events that we see unfolding. As Latter-day Saints, we recognize the hand of God working to bring about His purposes in the earth. We know that the stone that was cut out without hands will continue to roll forth to fill the whole earth. These are exciting times to be alive. Now that audio we just played is interesting because he is the first church leader who is still alive. That was M. Russell Ballard. He is still a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. In fact, he is the acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So in other words, this is the first church leader that we have played audio from who is still alive and in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles with Elder Cook, who in 2018 said this, Nephi saw our time when the saints of God would be upon all the face of the earth, but their numbers would be small because of wickedness. And I have to comment here, isn't it interesting that Elder Cook mispronounces the name Nephi? This is a name that every Mormon knows how to say. It is the first book in the Book of Mormon. It is the in the first line in the Book of Mormon. I, Nephi, having been born of goodly parents, and yet he mispronounces the name in this statement. Instead of Nephi, he says, Nepha. It is almost as if this mispronunciation is a sign of nervousness on Elder Cook's part because he realizes the gaslighting that he is just about to engage in, in front of millions of members of the church, many, many of whom have been members long enough to know that he's about to change the course of everything that has been said by church leaders before him. Let's listen to that interesting pronunciation once more. Nepha saw our time. Nepha saw our time. Nepha saw our time. So maybe nothing, maybe something. I don't know. All I know is that Elder Cook has no trouble whatsoever correctly pronouncing Nephi's name, except for the one time right before he's going to gaslight his audience like nobody's business. Next up, however, is going to be Elder V. Dallas Merrill from 1993. Now, in his quote, he talks about a book that had been written by Harold Bloom, and he introduces Harold Bloom in the audio I'm going to play. But then he refers to something from Harold Bloom's book, where apparently Harold Bloom is talking about why non-Mormons might have fear of Mormons, and that's because of their strength, their power, and their phenomenal growth. Once again, this was at a time when the growth rate of the church was such that if it continued to grow at the rate it was growing, it would become a world religion by the year 2080. That was a prediction that was in the air. That was something that was bandied about in the church because a noted sociologist had made that conclusion, and it was everywhere during this time period. Play the tape. 
I am intrigued as knowledgeable people of the world comment on the influence and the power of the Church and would like to share with you some observations of Harold Bloom, who is a Jewish religious scholar. Dr. Bloom is a distinguished professor at both New York and Yale universities. Professor Bloom has written about the power and the future of the Church. Some, as Dr. Bloom suggests, might have a healthy fear of the future power of the Mormons. To them, we, to them we answer humbly. This is the ongoing work of the Almighty. This is not the Church of Joseph Smith. It is the Church of Jesus Christ. It is the only organization in all the world that will not fail. We are witnessing today the fulfillment of the words of the prophet Daniel. Quote, the God of heaven shall set up a kingdom which shall fill the whole earth and shall stand forever. Quote. So in 1993, Elder Merrill is saying that non-members do not need to fear the Mormon Church in spite of the fact that it is growing, growing, growing and will fill the whole earth. Whereas in 2018, Elder Cook is saying the world doesn't need to fear the church because it's going to stay really, really small. But their numbers would be small because of wickedness. The next quote I have lined up is from Elder John B. Dixon from General Conference in the year 2000. Here's what Elder Dixon has to say on the subject. Since its organization on the 6th of April of 1830, the church has begun to fill the whole earth as the ancient prophet Daniel had prophesied. We now find ourselves on the threshold of unprecedented growth, where millions are receiving this good news and are joining the Church. That was from the year 2000, 18 years later, when Church growth is tanking. Here's what Elder Cook says. But their numbers would be small because of wickedness. The following year, in 2001, Elder Bruce D. Porter adds his voice to the chorus. In October 1831, the Lord, in reference to the Restoration, declared, The keys of the kingdom of God are committed unto man on the earth, and from thence shall the gospel roll forth unto the ends of the earth, as the stone which is cut out of the mountain without hands shall roll forth until it has filled the whole earth. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is that kingdom whose destiny it is to fill the whole earth. And yet in 2018, Elder Cook reverses the playing field. But their numbers would be small because of wickedness. The next quote is from 2007, when none other than President Gordon B. Hinckley states that the church will grow to fill the whole earth, and in fact that it must do so in order to fulfill prophecy. Play the tape. The Lord is fulfilling His promise that His gospel shall be as the stone cut out of the mountain without hands, which would roll forth and fill the whole earth as Daniel saw in vision. And this is only the beginning. This work will continue to grow and prosper and move across the earth. Well, apparently, Elder Cook was not paying close attention to President Hinckley when he said that because his words in 2018 are distinctly different. No longer will the church continue to grow. Instead, But their numbers would be small because of wickedness. 
The last soundbite I have comes from General Conference in 2014 from Boyd K. Packer. This is very late in the game, but apparently Elder Packer had not yet gotten the memo that church growth was stagnating, even as he was speaking the following words. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was restored to move throughout the world and give the knowledge of the life and teaching of the Savior. This great conference is being broadcast in 94 languages and by satellite to over 100 countries. But it is also available on the Internet to every nation where the Church is present. We have over 3,000 states. Our full-time missionary force exceeds 88,000. And total church membership has passed 15 million. These numbers serve as evidence that the stone which was cut out of the mountain without hand continues to roll forth and will eventually fill the whole earth. And yet, only four years after Elder Boyd K. Packer said those words, we have Elder Cook saying the following. But their numbers would be small because of wickedness. So that ends the quotes I have from General Conference past. What I have hoped to do by this is show by no less than 12 quotes from General Conference, ranging from 1971 all the way up through 2014, is show the steady drumbeat and consistent message from leaders of the church that the church will grow and fulfill Daniel's prophecy of filling the whole earth. And yet, in 2018, Elder Cook is changing that completely and now saying it is the lack of growth of the church that fulfills not biblical prophecy, but Book of Mormon prophecy. It is now the lack of growth of the church, the smallness of the church numbers that proves that it is true. I am rushing this in order to try and get it out on Friday, October 5th, in advance of General Conference, because it is my expectation that you will hear at least one reference to this new idea, that it is the smallness of the church that proves that it is true, and another reference to Nephi's prophecy. If you do hear such a reference in General Conference in October of 2018, or at any other time, and if you're prone to think, wait a second, didn't I actually live through hearing multiple church leaders for generations teach exactly the opposite? And if you are led by that to question your sanity, I want to assure you, you are not going crazy. You are just being gaslighted. Gaslighted by the numbers. That's about all for tonight. Until next time, this is Radio Free Mormon, signing off the air.